everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Today, we're in Goodyear, Arizona. We are? We are. What, oh. are, we, what are we doing here? We're trying out for a role as snowbirds. Walking, running, drinking. <laughs> We'll dig into that pretty soon. I think if a, we've discovered a lot. I have. I've never actually done a really serious snowbird trip. So this is kind of a first for me. Before we get started, I'm going to take us over to the mailbag, open up the mailbag, and see what we have from our listeners. Oh, good. And it was actually a great week. We got a lot of great responses to our show about classic TV of the 50s and 60s. Jeannie writes in, I also remember all the TV shows mentioned in your podcast. Enjoying reminiscing these days while listening to you guys. You have a great show. Keep it coming. Thanks, Jeannie. We love you too, Jeannie. My new best friend. Could you read that letter again? (laughs) It'll go to your head, Richard, and then then we have to deal with that on top (laughs) of everything else. Neil writes, love the show. Great to reminisce on all of the old TV shows. Mr. Ed, one of my favorites. We didn't mention Nobody Mr. Ed Nobody on the show. Mr. Ed. That is really, really strange because that was used to be one of the funnest <laughs> show for kids. A talking horse. Could we get him on as a guest? <laughs> Mr. Ed. I think Mr. Ed is in that pasture in the sky. <laughs> Jack is the winner in the earliest memory category. 50s and 60s, he says. How about the late 40s? Mm. My earliest TV memories involve sitting and waiting in the late afternoon for the test pattern to disappear (laughs) and the Howdy Doody show to magically appear. TV did not broadcast until the late afternoon. Until then, there was a test pattern that only appeared on the screen. We we didn't mention test patterns either. It's like, man, we did a whole show about old TV, and there's some of the stuff. I, I, I apologize to all of you listening. Some of the stuff that's cool about the old days, we forgot to mention. We're, we're whole folks. Come on. <laughs> we're <true>. Godgers. <laughs> this is why we rely on our listeners to help keep us in line, help be our remote memories. Send mm-hmm. us emails. Comment in the episodes that we we deliver. Help us remember things. That's right. Because, what was that episode again? Last I, last week. You know, it's so. <laughs> you're, you're laughing, Randy, but I'm thinking. Okay, what do we do? Oh, yeah, that's what we did last week. That was yeah, a good episode. I'm not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jack certainly beat his cold. He was li- watching TV in the late 40s. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wasn't alive in the late 40s, so I don't remember that at all. <laughs> well, I was I was just, just a child in the late 40s. Jack also remembers that in the mid-50s, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color would broadcast on Sunday evenings. Yeah, but the color wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Remember fiddling yeah. with the antenna, trying to get the color right to get yeah, these yeah. rainbow colors, and getting it right is nobody touched that. Don't Forgot touch. Don't touch, don't touch those yeah. rabbit ears. Finally, we asked our listeners if they remembered the Wayback Machine and which show it was on. Teresa writes in that was from the recurring segment on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, Peabody's Impossible History. Right on Teresa. She also added, also a local San Francisco station had a short afternoon show, 15 minutes Monday through Friday, Fireman Frank. He started out each Monday with a carrot he called Carl. It was his version of a puppet. 
By Friday, the same carrot was so wilted, even Fireman Frank had a hard time keeping a straight face. Love your show. I never saw a carrot as a character on TV before. I think Fireman Frank made it work in San Francisco. <laughs> but again, the bar was really low. What, what kept us happy as, as six-year-olds isn't even going to work. We need eight-year-old entertainment now. Anyway, folks, thanks for your comments. And everybody gets a limited edition Camp Codger bumper sticker that says, I'm not old, I'm vintage. Want your own bumper sticker? Just comment in the episode page at campcodger.com or send an email to campcodger at gmail.com. Okay, that was fun. Thanks for writing in, folks. Today we're talking about snowbirds. You may already know this term. Millions of people know this term. In fact, theoretically, there are millions of people who qualify as snowbirds, although the numbers have never been officially counted. But each September or so, old folks, old codgers by the hundreds of thousands venture from the cold weather to the warm weather, to places like Florida and here in Arizona, Southern California, Las Vegas, Nevada, South Texas, even South Georgia and South Alabama. We're talking about a lot of folks making a yearly migration from the cold to the warm. That's why we're broadcasting today from Goodyear, Arizona. Let's face it, Arizona is one of the places that snowbirds flock to. There's spring training baseball here. There's warmish weather. There's no snow. And it's just a wonderful place to hang out during the cold weather. Snowbirds, in theory, are living the dream. They're migrating to warmer weather during the winter, and they've seemingly unlocked the path to a happy life. But there are a lot of things that you might not know about snowbirds, and there's a lot of things that we've discovered in the last week or so. So we're going to share what we found out and talk about the snowbird life. One of the key elements of being a snowbird is living in one place and chasing a warmer season. Randy and I did escape the snow. When I left New Mexico three days ago, there was still snow on the ground. Mm. It was still cold. And it was literally snowing when I, uh, Patty and I got in the car to drive here. It was, a snowstorm was arriving in Colorado Springs, and we literally left. <laughs> the flakes were falling, and we were going, winning! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's being a true snowbird. That's right. You're leaving the snow. That's, that's right. The, that's the classic definition. All right, so you come down here, and what's your first impression of the Phoenix area as, as a winter vacation? First impression? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's like driving around Los Angeles. Yeah. I'm thinking, what am I doing? And then you roll down the window and stick your arm out and say, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's early March. I'm driving with the window down. you got to like the weather. Yeah. That's it. Number, yeah. number one reason for oh, being so a snowbird sweet. The air is, the is so sweet. And... Everything's in bloom. There's a winter bloom on the desert that I didn't have any idea existed. It really is one of the prettier times of the year mm. in the desert, is the early spring. Well, it's not really early spring here, but elsewhere in the country, it's either really early spring or it's not spring at all, it's winter. You want to do a day in the life of a snowbird? <laughs> <laughs> is there a typical day in the life? I, well, I think today was kind of this... Quintessential. It was a quintessential day in the life 
of a snowbird. Yeah. It was a rough day. <laughs> was, so, so how did we start, guys? Come on, Randy. Well, we rolled out of bed. Late. At about 8 o'clock, which is late for us. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows old folks get up early because we don't sleep that much, right? Rolled out of bed, had coffee, had some toast. And what was the very next thing we did? I love pickleball now. <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> who has been giving me a horrible time about you know me getting into pickleball. We got Gary on a pickleball court, and I had never seen a bigger smile on his face yeah, as he really? whacked the ball right at me, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it the pickleball or was it the whacking it at you? Oh, was, yeah. Well, it was both. It was both. <laughs> it was the competition. <laughs> I love winning. But you really did have a smile on your face. It, it was, was fun. amazing. It was fun. It was actually, it was quite fun. And it was amazing that how quickly you could pick it up. I'm not a ping pong player, which is one of the precursors to pickleball. I'm not, I was not a tennis player. Hadn't played squash since I was in college 50 years ago. But it was something you could pick up pretty fast because the ball kind of, you whack that ball and then it slows down <laughs> as the wiffle ball goes to the air. And suddenly you can plink back to the other side. <laughs> plink. Plonk. That's right. Plink. Plonk. It was fun. Yeah, it was we'd we'd fun. be remiss if we didn't mention that there were a scad of other seniors, other codgers mm-hmm. out on those courts. Both genders. It was just great. It's amazing. You know, I've been coming out to Arizona for six or seven years, not as a full snowbird, but maybe a week at a time. And I've seen pickleball just explode in popularity. Almost nobody out here plays tennis anymore. It's all pickleball. We actually confiscated a tennis court. And And nobody kicked us off. Nobody kicked us off. Where are the tennis players? They're gone. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in our age category. I don't know the tennis. I don't think I, the tennis association. I don't know. The kids, the kids are taking up pickleball. LeBron oh, James are. invested a ton of money in the pickleball professional league. Yeah, anyway, pickleball is a great, a great fun sport, and it's easy to pick up. It's easy to learn, um, and it's just, it gets you just the right amount of exercise. Yeah. It's a good codger exercise. It's a good complement to your long walks and your aerobic exercise. Yeah. yeah. I am on a pickleball mission. The next time I come down here, <laughs> I'm going to beat somebody at pickleball. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's go back to our perfect snowbird day. What, what, what did we do after pickleball? It was great. You know, we came back from pickleball feeling pretty invigorated, and we packed up a lunch and decided to go on a hike. Mm. Short hike. Not hugely strenuous, but in the desert with the oh. flowers blooming. In a regional we, park. It was wonderful. Yeah, we hiked for an hour or so, hour and a half. Came back. That was pretty relaxing. And then what happened next? We all almost took naps. <laughs> <laughs> so tempted. R- Richard so tempted. <laughs> but most of the crowd jumped in the swimming pool. The heated swimming pool. I heard 88 degrees. Uh, yes, you heard correctly. Eighty. The pool was heated to 88 degrees because old codgers don't like to get into really cold water. Or even slightly cold water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Everybody was in the pool. That's the key to being a snowbird. You can do anything. In fact, one of the things we're doing now is starting cocktail hour early. I usually don't have my evening glass of wine until 5 p.m. 
at 3.30 p.m. when we started recording, I decided I'm a snowbird. <laughs> is that part of the snowbird <laughs> life now? I, you okay. Could, you could set that I got to tell you, Randy, this is, this is a Gary we don't know. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? You know, I think he's becoming a snowbird like right in front of our eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we have some other things planned for the rest of the day. We have the opportunity to get on bicycles and ride around a lake, a man-made lake out here in Estrella Mountain Ranch. That's on the agenda. We have happy hour two coming up. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, we can't forget happy hour two. We got to work in some some snowbird facts and information. Just because we're, we're part of what we're doing here is we're educating folks, right? right? Did you know that snowbird is not a politically correct term amongst everybody? Some people think that's a, a, a degrading term, or they just don't want to be called a snowbird. So instead of snowbird, they want to be called a winter visitor. That's so PC. <laughs> it is. I, but that's I'm just, so dull. I'm bringing that up just because that's a fact. All right. And, and the term snowbird wasn't always attached to an older person going from cold weather to warm weather in the winter. The original use of the word snowbird began about 100 years ago to describe seasonal workers who moved south for the winter months and then moved back up north when the weather got warm enough to pick huh. vegetables or, or do whatever. But by about the late 70s, the, the term snowbird started to be used in the way we're using it today. Oh, How about that? That's a little really, factoid. That's a good fact. I like that one. Do you know where the majority of international snowbirds come from who snowbird in the U.S.? Canada. 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 Absolutely. And Mexico. They go to Mexico, too. But the folks coming from Canada make up a huge percentage of, quote-unquote, yeah. American snowbirds. In the neighborhood here that we're at in uh, Goodyear, Arizona... I happen to know several of the houses are, are owned by Canadians. Mm. They never show up here in the summertime. They're only here during the wintertime where it's very cold where they're from, <laughs> and it's very pleasant here. As a matter of fact, there's even a Canadian Snowbird Association. <laughs> I swear to you, I'm not making this up. Canadians are so organized. They're so disciplined. That's right. The Canadian Snowbird Association has 80,000 members, many of whom are senior citizens, as you would guess. The association works to defend the rights of Canadian travelers, both at home and abroad. So I guess there are some problems. If there's a dispute over a pickleball court, there's a Canadian representative who will come out and punch out the lights of the American representative. That's right. Hey, this is my court, eh? <laughs> well, it's a boot time you leave. That's yeah, right. A boot. Yeah. Another fact about snowbirds. They've done studies, and the folks who are living the snowbird life, guess what? They're much more physically active. They're outdoors a lot more than they would be back home in the snow. And they've tested as healthier. So it's a, it's a healthier lifestyle. It really is. I've got a very famous person in my notes here. Mr. We've, Ed. We've <laughs> <laughs> well, that was from the, the last show. 
but we're not doing TV. A very famous rich person is one of the earliest snowbirds on record. John D. Rockefeller. He started spending his winters in Ormond Beach, Florida, beginning in about 1914. So he was way ahead of the curve. But I think he kind of discovered, wait a second, I don't have to, I don't have to slosh through this snow, and I've got all the money in the world. Yeah, Florida during the this time of year is, is a fabulous place. Mm, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in Florida for a week at the end of January. Well, you know what? That's, that's the nice thing about America. This country is so big. Yes. If you don't like Florida... Come to Arizona. Come to Arizona. I love in Arizona. If you don't like Arizona, go to South Texas. There, there are choices. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So let me ask a bit of a philosophical question. What do you think about our children? Will they be able to be snowbirds? That's a great question. I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and I also don't know if, say, the millennial generation wants to be snowbirds. I don't know that that's part of their mindset because let's face it, millennials don't want to be baby boomers. Any of us in the baby boomer generation who have kids who are millennials, they're not aspiring to be us. No. Right? We've heard their wrath about being us. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to get some of my kids down here. As a matter of fact, in, in a week and a half, we're going to get some of the kids down here. They like coming here for a week, they like it a lot. But I think they like, you know, the mom and dad hotel as much <laughs> exactly. as anything else. This, this is re- in Cincinnati, right? It's, yeah. resort, it's resort living, right? It really is. Yeah. yeah. But that's a great question. I, I, I don't know the answers to some of those great questions. I got one more kind of philosophical one. That is, given climate change, how does snowbirding pattern change? Oh, it's going to change everything. You realize that soon people will, will be snowbirding in Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> Kansas. Kansas. You didn't need to leave Chicago. Topeka. Topeka is going to have mild weather all winter long. <laughs> Do they sell cabanas? You can. You know, there's a business, there's a business opportunity in Topeka. <laughs> Wait long enough, and you will. You too will be able to retire to your hometown, and still be a snowbird oh, in Topeka, Kansas. Richard, it's perfect. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love. Got to look up the real estate there. We already we already talked about pickleball, which is kind of funny because in the in the earlier days of snowboarding, it was all about golf, exactly. you know, proximity, and and there are you know if you go to Google this, you can see uh, ratings of towns and areas based on how many golf courses are in the area, right? And and people are not talking about that as high on the list anymore. It's still a big deal. I mean, golf in Arizona is this time of year is the best i mean it would you rather play golf in arizona in march or july it's like <laughs> duh right hey a round of golf at 117 degrees <laughs> but the truth is pickleball is kind of replacing golf as like the the sport the top of mind sport among snowbirders what have we learned about snowbirding by actually sticking our big toes in the water in the warm 88 degree pool water at my age, I'm thinking, I like to be warm. I, I like to walk outside where there's no snow. I really don't like shoveling the driveway when it <laughs> snows. Mm, no, I, I, I'm and totally I'm, with you. Yeah, 
What about you, Richard? Have you learned anything? Well, I mean, I, I love this. This day was a wonderful day. I, obviously, living in Southern California for 50 years, I haven't had to shovel snow. The temperatures in the winter are so moderate and nice that I don't need to go anywhere. What I'm thinking about is the reverse now, that they're, instead of snowbirds, I don't know what you'd call them, warm birds or well actually that that's a trend it's called a sunbird and i talked to a a lady here in uh, in arizona this last week she and her husband moved down here as snowbirds years ago then they decided they were going to make the phoenix area their permanent home they lived here a couple of years, and they got to experience all 12 glorious months in Phoenix. And they realized, you know, the summer isn't the best time of year. So they bought a place up in the mountains two hours from here. And so they, they snowbird for nine months of the year. And then they sunbird up in the I mountains near Flagstaff. Yep. It's been a good discussion, guys. I think we've decided that... Being a snowbird is not a bad thing. <laughs> and I'll bet most of our listeners will say, oh, yeah, you guys are right on. We'd all love to be snowbirds. <laughs> if you get the chance, you can do it. It's a great thing. And a, and a shout-out to the, uh, the Cincinnati Red fans that we met on the trail today. I picked him out from the crowd of people walking <laughs> past, right? Oh, there's two people. They've both got Cincinnati Reds shirts on, right? <laughs> but but we started to chat them up, and they're here for a one-week vacation, and they love this. They're not old enough to be snowbirds. They've got to go back to, to Columbus, Ohio, and um, and work after this you know week-long snowbird vacation. They called themselves Snowbirds in Training. So I think at some point, the, the Camp Codger merch is going to include a T-shirt that says Snowbird in Training. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. But it doesn't have to be a, a season. It doesn't have to be a whole month. Right. Come on out and experience what a snowbird lifestyle is on a vacation week. Mm-hmm. The middle of winter is a great time for a vacation. Vacations aren't just for summer anymore. And they're also meant to energize you, re-energize you. So when you go home again, you feel good. You've, you've had a good few days, a good week, a good two weeks. And you think, I can finish out the winter now. Thanks for joining us. We've had a fun time here in Arizona, and I hope you've had a fun time listening to us. Join us next week when we discuss ChatGPT and what it means for senior citizens. It's everywhere in the news, but sometimes it's kind of hard to get your head around what the heck is ChatGPT. Join us next week and find out. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.